everyone, and welcome to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And now we're back in comfortable territory. It's going to uh-huh. take us, you know, maybe a, a couple of weeks before we get used to the new intro. Yeah. Stop defaulting to saying, welcome to Crossroads Minute. <laughs> Each time you hit that hard C and then don't go to an R, it really messes me up. <laughs> uh, each each the two times that I've done it so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every no, single time. I mean, yep. Same though. <laughs> so it's minute one. Minute one. Which I have starting with the Columbia Pictures logo. Right. And going through just after Peter Facinelli's name goes off screen. Right. There's like, it's like it goes off screen and for like a split second, the screen is black before the next thing comes on. And so right. it goes through that, that black screen. Right. So... That is minute one. <laughs> yes. Let's talk a little bit about Columbia. Um, so okay. Columbia Pictures was founded on January 10th, 1924. So that's 96 years ago. I didn't know how to do this exactly because, well, the last time there were much smaller production companies and movie companies. So this, uh, the movie we were doing, Crossroads, had much more of a place in it. Um, so here's how I did it. The movie released by Columbia right before Can't Hardly Wait was the Liam Neeson version of Les Mis. Okay. And the movie released right... I mean, the, the next movie after Can Hardly Wait was released by Columbia was uh, Dance With Me. The movie described as the romantic dance drama um, with Vanessa Williams in it. Um, I remember... The poster looks familiar. I don't know that I ever saw the actual movie itself. Okay. I don't know if I knew that either of those movies existed. Yeah. I think we, I think we watched some of the Liam Neeson Les Mis in A History Class. Maybe not a history not... class you and I were in together. No, it wouldn't have been because I think the only history class you and I had was AP. Right. Senior year, which was well after this movie came out. Right. Right. And I and I've never seen Les Mis. Right. In I... any in any format. Right. Hmm. So yeah. So um, this version of the of the Columbia Pictures logo uh, was created in 1992. It's like the fourth iteration of it. Um, okay. Uh, it started in in, uh, in its films the year after, 1993, when uh, basically this guy from this group hired this other guy to make the logo. It's kind of like how when I want to do a podcast and I say, hey, 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 Aaron, can you make me a logo for my podcast that you're in no way involved with? That's only <laughs> happened one time. Right. Every single time like that has happened. Right. Um, I mean, that's true. <laughs> so then, th- um, uh, okay, so I'm sorry, I, I messed up. There's a dude from Sony Pictures that hired this guy from an advertising group that hired this artist from New Orleans to make the new Columbia logo, okay? okay. It was the 90s. Um, and so uh, this guy, Michael Dees, D-E-A-S, um, he was going to digitally repaint the logo and then return the woman to her classic look. I don't know if she had gotten too hot in the 80s or what, but they wanted to go to a, back to a classic look. In When classic is in air quotes, it usually means something troubling, but... Uh, I didn't look into the what that means. The 80s version probably had her hair teased 18 feet up and just, yeah. you know, four cans of Aquanet. And they just wanted to, you know, make her look a little less 80s. Right. Uh, she said, it's Columbia, baby. Um, yeah. I mean, this, the- this version does have kind of a, it has a little bit of like a flapper vibe. Yeah. Um, not, yeah. not that the Columbia lady is in any way dressed or outfitted like a a flapper but i feel like it reminds me of like the 20s i think i think that's definitely maybe 
Definitely, maybe. Um, the mm-hmm. the haircut I think is is very yeah. flattery. Um, so great transition. So uh, Michael D's hired uh, this lady named Jennifer Jo Jennifer Joseph, uh, okay. who is a graphics artist for the Times Picayune. We're back in Louisiana. Um, sure. As the model for the logo, um, so she said, "Sure, that's fine." But due to time constraints, she uh, she did it on her lunch break. So she took a lunch break. She went over. And uh, she said, uh, in, in 2012, she said, so we just scooted over there come lunchtime, Louisiana, uh, <laughs> yep. y'all, and they wrapped a sheet around me and I held a regular little desk lamp, a side lamp, and I just held that up and we did that with a light bulb. I never thought it would make it to the silver screen and I never thought it would still be up 20 years later and I certainly never thought it would be in a museum, so it's kind of gratifying. So... Uh, pretty cool. I love Jennifer, that type of story. Yeah, I, I do too. Like she's like, all right, I got, uh, I got a thirty-minute lunch. Let's go. Let's make twenty years of history. Like, think yeah. of the Columbia lady on like any '90s movie. This is yeah. this lady on a lunch break. <laughs> I'm picturing her basically wearing like a power suit right. with a sheet wrapped around her. She's got a desk lamp in one hand and like a hoagie in the other. <laughs> but she's like, let's do this, sugar. Um, yes. And then they did, sugar. Um, so yeah, that was the story of the, of that Columbia lady. Um, okay. what my, my hope is that gradually we'll just hit all of the major logos and I don't ha- and I won't have to like revisit them. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we can eventually get, get the top five all taken care of and then we can just, I can just be like, it's this, go see minute, whatever for the, for the history of that. Yeah. Um, so the next thing I did was I, uh, wrote down the top grossing, uh, Sony pictures entertainment who owns Columbia. Okay. Um, uh, their top 10 domestic and worldwide movies. And I wrote this down especially because um, I want you to listen for a particular franchise that has been especially popular domestically. Ready? Okay. Uh, we're going to count it down because I'm me. Number 10, Men in Black. Number 9, The Amazing Spider-Man. Number 8, Skyfall. Number 7, Jumanji The Next Level. Number 6, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 5, Spider-Man 3. Number four, Spider-Man 2. Number three, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number two, Spider-Man. And number one, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. So, when they bought Spider-Man, it turns out, good investment. Uh-huh. And Jumanji. <laughs> and Jumanji. And, yeah, I mean, like, Jumanji has is the top uh, number seven and number one. And the first one came out in 2017. So, like, Jumanji has cleaned up. But that's yeah. what you get from putting Karen Gillan and The Rock in a movie together. So It's true. Uh, and so Jack World- Black. And Jack Black, exactly. Um, worldwide is a little bit different. Number 10 is Spider-Man 2. Uh, number 9 is Jumanji, the next level. Number 8 is Spider-Man. Number 7 is Venom, which is also a Spider-Man movie. Number 6 is Spider-Man Homecoming. Number 5 is Spectre, which is a James Bond movie. 4 is Spider-Man 3. 3 is Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. 2 is Skyfall. And number 1 is Spider-Man Heart, Far From Home. So still, Spider-Man, excellent investment, Sony Pictures. Yes. Sony Pictures Entertainment, dominates. more like spider Man, pictures. Yeah, we got there. Well, did we? <laughs> we got we got there. We got somewhere. Uh, um, I, we're gonna talk about the song in a second. Um, but it says a tall trees production, and I could find Aaron literally. Well, not literally. Basically, nothing about the production company called Tall Trees because okay. it's unsearchable. The SEO is absolutely horrible. Oh, um, yeah. You get the Wikipedia for trees. <laughs> before you get anything about tall trees. Um, okay. I think I saw a separate Wikipedia article about t- 
tall trees, which was interesting. Um, IMDb has a, a list of things that were tall trees productions. So I took down the top five of that. I'll just read them. I don't have to count them down. Uh, Charlie's Angels, Can't Hardly Wait, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, 28 Days, that Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. alcoholism movie, and yep. Guess Who, the remake of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher. Okay. Um, those are the top five according to popularity on IMDb. Descending, okay. so Charlie's Angels being the most popular. Can't sure. really wait being the second. So Sure. Um, that is all I have. Uh, would you like to talk about uh, Eve 6 a little bit? Yeah, so I, I noted this song in minute three. I don't okay. think I was paying any attention at all until the lyrics began. Right, right. As yeah, that makes tends sense. to be the way mm-hmm. I work. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could have told you that there was music playing prior right. to when the lyrics kicked in. So right. anyone who's new doesn't know that about me, but I am <laughs> not a music person. <laughs> well, uh, but James is. Future, so James has future. all of the good uh, music <laughs> information. That's that's true. I actually, I think I, I almost agree with you. I don't think that I would have been able to tell you that the uh, song where the singer starts singing in minute three mm-hmm. is the same song that opens. Yeah, and I wouldn't have no- noticed except I had subtitles on because I don't I don't know subtitles have been so helpful for me recently. I've had them on for basically anything, and it was like uh, this Eve Six song started playing. So I was like, oh, huh, and then I noticed it through the whole thing. So uh, this song is called Open Road Song. Uh, it is t- track five on their self-titled debut, probably the biggest Eve Six album uh, that they ever released. Uh, and it was the fourth single, which peaked at number 23 on the Alternative Songs chart, uh, which is the important chart to me because I do a countdown podcast. Uh, ask me about it uh, later, and I will uh, let you know where that is. Uh, and this song was the worst showing for songs from this album that made that Alternative Songs chart. So. 23 was the lowest that songs that made the alternative songs chart uh, got. Okay. Uh, because there were songs like Inside Out and uh, Leech was a song that didn't really get popular but was very good uh, that made like number nine or something. But Inside Out was on it and Inside Out destroyed in 1998. Okay. Um, so uh, that is that. And that's gonna, as Aaron said, that's going to play for basically these entire uh, opening credits. Yes. Um, complete side note, but I just sent you a link to the transcript. Yes for this movie um, that I literally just as we were talking I was like oh I should look that up and then I found it and so I was like I should also send this to James cool thank you you're welcome so Um, so we are into the movie now yeah it's graduation it's graduation they're wearing maroon robes all of them I noticed that all of them which Mm -hmm. I'm interested to hear from listeners. So the high school that James and I went to, when we graduated, the boys were blue and the girls were white. Right. That's Our colors were red, white, and blue. That's just the the way they divided it out. Actually, right. all of our county, I think, they had boys wear one color and girls wear a different color. Right. And The other, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think... Our rival What's high school, is- I think, was maroon and gold, and then yep. the new high school was black and purple or silver and purple. I would think, if you had to ask me, if you asked me what our school colors were, but I can only say two, I would say red and blue, not bl- not blue and white. Yeah, I was surprised that they went with blue and white instead of blue and red. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I mean, the school colors were, you know, our high school mascot was the Patriots. 
It was yeah. our logo was the exact same as the NFL team. It's it it was red, white, and blue. But yeah, mostly you saw blue and red with white as like an accent color. So it was weird yeah. that they chose blue and white for the colors for us to wear at graduation. And also, I don't know if it was something that just never really came up for us, but like, you know, we I don't I don't recall the whole like binary color scheme being an issue with at least our graduating class. It was boys wear this, girls wear this, and nobody like we right. we didn't have any trans students that I'm aware of. We didn't have any non-binary students that I'm aware of. Right. So it was just okay. Presumably they would have worn red. <laughs> oh, maybe that's and that's why we didn't have red because we just didn't have anybody in our year who right. who would, right. red would have been applicable. You know what? Exactly. That's my new headcanon for it. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I I yeah, I I like that um because it's inclusive. Um, I don't like it because I worry that it would like single out yes. and redshirt the literally so, redshirt, <laughs> literally redshirt them. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm sure logistically it would have been just awful. But I think anyone, everyone should have had the option of what what of the three colors they wanted to do because like you know blue is some people's color, white is mm-hmm. other people's. Plus, then you don't have the girls are are you know in white like yeah. you know like brides mm-hmm. sort of deal going on, which or is virgins, gross. which is a social construct. Or, Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, it would also have been nice if they had just been like, hey, everybody's wearing blue. Yeah, like in like this. Like in this movie where everybody's Can't wearing wait, maroon. Would... <laughs> Can't hardly wait, right. which is what this podcast is about. <laughs> and everyone's wearing maroon and Preston is feeling marooned. Yes. Nope. Well, okay. I, well, <laughs> I mean. Hey. Sort of. A little. A little, perhaps. Oh, hey, this is the second movie in a row that we've covered that starts at graduation. That is true. Well, that 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 has one of its early scenes at graduation. Yes, yes. Right. Um, yeah, and so it's... the These first three minutes are yeah. sort of a montage. It's like mm-hmm. graduation montage intercut with cast members' names. Right. So... It starts out with random voiceovers about things about this huge party tonight. And may I may I interject about the random voiceovers? You may. Uh, most of those are spoken by the writers and directors of this movie, uh, Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. Would you like to tell me about Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, James? I thought you'd never ask between the seconds when I said it and then you asked. Uh-huh. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> They met at NYU, um, and where they were both going to film school, and um, then they found out that their parents were friends in Pennsylvania. Oh, weird. Um, and that they both, they went to neighboring high schools in Philadelphia. Um, That's which is wild. Kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Deborah Kaplan, the school, Huntington Hills High School, I'm, I'm, I'm burning a, a minute five thing, but uh, is based on Deborah Kaplan's high school. Okay. Um, so uh, this is their directorial debut. And I did their top three. So uh, new listeners to Movie by Minutes podcast that James and Aaron do, uh, when I introduce a, a person that we're talking about, whether it's a crew or cast member, uh, IMDb has a top four listed. And at one point I decided to do a top three because I'm just ornery, I guess. Top um, four is a random and stupid yeah. number. 
three is agreed. Three is good. Four is bad. Three is the magic number. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, okay, so uh, you'll find that Harry Alfont and Deborah Kaplan's uh, credits are basically the same, though there is some interesting differences uh, in their top three, which baffles me because it should be the same because they've literally done the same stuff. Sure. Um, so Harry Alfont's top three is listed as writer, director, well, writer of Josie and the Pussycats. He also directed it. Uh, writer of Liza on Demand, which is a show on YouTube Premium, uh, the misadventures of a woman named Liza on her quest to become an elite tasker. So she goes and does like, you know, those like task apps where it's like, hey, uh, go buy me a donut or whatever. And you bring it and then you get paid. Okay. There's a there's a, like a task rabbit is one of them okay. where it's like, so I guess this show is about her doing that and then having misadventures. Okay. So they, uh, they wrote that and then they also wrote the screenplay and story for a very Brady sequel. Okay. Um, which I'm, I put in parentheses here, newsletter, question mark. Because uh, we're watching the Brady Bunch with my family, yeah. and so we're gonna watch a very Brady sequel at some point here. So I might do that for a future newsletter. Okay. Just talk about that because I don't think I've necessarily seen that one. Sure. Um, Deborah Kaplan, her top three is writer of this can't hardly mm-hmm. wait, uh, writer of Liza on Demand, and writer of Leap Year, the Amy Adams Ireland rom com, where like she makes a wish or something. I didn't ever see I, it. This is not I think it has to do with, ringing a bell. I don't think it was well received. Um, I think Kristen watched it uh, when she was sort of like on winter break and just sort of watching whatever caught her eye on, on sure. Netflix. Um, I know Amy Adams is, is in it. I'm pretty sure the male lead is just an Irish actor who okay. I don't know that isn't um, Chris sure. O'Dowd. So I have no idea right. who it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same though. <laughs> Uh, so that was it. And then uh, fun trivia. Uh, in 2001, Deborah Kaplan married Brecken Meyer. Oh. Um, so they were married for 13 years and then they divorced in 2014. Oh. Yeah, which is sad. But uh, so Brecken Meyer is in this movie and he's also in Clueless. Mm-hmm. He's Travis Birkenstock in that. Uh, he is in Road Trip as the main character who I'm sure has probably a name. I cannot for the and... life of me remember it, but it exists. <laughs> I want to say Josh, but uh, that would be just Might a guess. Be Josh. Um. <laughs> I feel like he played a Josh at some point. <laughs> he looks like a Didn't Josh. Didn't he also play um, John Arbuckle in the Garfield movie? You know what? He did Were... do that. He also did do that. Opposite, Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's right. She was Liz in, in, we in those met movies. We have so I guess the circle comes back. Right, right. Nor, the circle nor is shaped like lasagna? Uh, they... <laughs> mm-hmm. And a heart. Uh, they... And aw, which is what uh-huh. lasagna is shaped like. I make I make lasagna wrong. I know. I think um, you make it absolutely so, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have and they have okay. two daughters together. So, um, so that is those those are the writers and directors of this movie, uh, Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, who I think we're going to see reflected in our two uh, main characters. We're going to meet okay. in just a second. But that is all I have okay. for minute one. That's right, because you're not doing necess- you're only doing um people when it's like a when when they show up right or I, i'm sorry actors not when not, they, when I'm we see them take on. that one again you're only doing actors, actors when they are yeah. seen on screen not when their name comes up okay correct yeah we'd be here forever if we That's, if we stopped i am for glad yeah. that you are doing it the way you are doing it i actually we see someone but we don't see their face actually twice in these five minutes 
there's someone that we don't see their face and I'm waiting to see their face before okay. I actually talk about them just for purposes of time. And are we going to see their face or is this okay. just a fun trivia effect? Um, okay. So, but that's, well, yep, shall that's we it. segue into some social media and then move on to minute two? Yeah. Um, okay. Do you want me to do social media? Sure. Uh, we have a Twitter handle uh, and it is at J E underscore minutes, minutes, Minute Movies. Yes. It is at J-E underscore Minute Movies. Um, you can tweet us about the show, anything that occurs to you, any memories you have of this. Or we're, we're still collecting uh, DM us for, uh, to tell us your story about that one legendary party that you had or attended or you heard about in high school that something way crazy went down or whatever. Um, we are part of the Scavengers Network. Um, you can find them on Twitter at ScavengersNet. And they are a great network full of lots of awesome, awesome podcasts. Uh, an increasingly large number of which Aaron and I are on. But uh, there are also <laughs> non-Aaron and James people on podcasts, if you can believe it, uh, that you can also enjoy. Yeah. Um, and uh, how we do it on, on this show, since we publish every day, is we'll talk about some other stuff. We'll have ads and stuff throughout the week. We sort of spread out our social media over the course of the week so we don't hit you with it every day you know, as that full force. Yes. I did just have a thought. Okay. For anyone who is submitting a party story, yeah. um, you should know that we batch record mm -hmm. significantly in advance. So yes. it might be like minute 20 right. or later by the time we get your story. Like even if you are submitting your story to us on the very first day that this episode comes out, Right. We will already have recorded at least 20 minutes worth of episodes by that time. So we will start doing the party stories as we get them yeah. when we start, uh, right. or when, when we get there in our recording. Don't so be sit discouraged. Tight, don't, yeah, yeah, don't think that we're ignoring you. Yeah. It's just that, you know, time is a yeah. weird thing and we're time sure travelers. Is. Mm -hmm. That's that's very true. Um, moving on with no details about that, um, we are also on a uh, on a Twitch stream um, for the network. The network is on a Twitch stream. Uh, you can find that at twitch.tv slash the scavengers network. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you basically any day of the week you can tune in and see someone doing something. Uh, there are streams that that get backlogged, so if you miss one, you can you can check it out. Um, and yeah, there's lots of cool stuff that uh, we'll probably talk about uh, later. But yeah. um, I guess I guess that's it. Uh, so I guess we'll wrap things up and move on to record minute two. I can't hardly wait. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.